what's going on everybody it's your boy marshall live and i am live and we are back with episode 138 of the marshall gillen show for those of you who have never seen this show before who have no idea what we are about in 2017 i started streaming live on the internet and i used it as a way to take away an excuse that you may have had to start chasing your dreams. I used it as a way to take away every excuse you had to stay stuck, to stay where you're at, and to not get started. And as time evolved, I began to invite guests on here. Other guests who didn't stay stuck where they were were at. Other guests who were unwilling to settle for the life that they were living and who wanted to make a bigger impact. And with that, we have 130 episodes, 137 episodes of conversations just like the one we're about to have right now to inspire you, to empower you, and to motivate you to go out there and get started. And today's guest is nothing short of exactly that. I'm going to bring him on right now. A new friend of mine who I just met recently and a public servant, which you all know I have a heart for. Please welcome my new friend, Tim. Avery, what's up, man? How's it going? Hello, Marshall. It's going good, brother. Man, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Dude, what an honor to have you here, man. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. I know it came together short notice. I actually woke up in the middle of the night at like 3 o'clock, and I ended up messaging you, and I was like, dude, can you come today? And, and you messaged me back, and now here we are, brother. How you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Started off the morning like at 4 a.m. Did you? Uh, is that what your normal routine looks like, or have you always been getting up at that time, or is this something that's new for you? It's new for me. I'm trying to... I've been reading a lot of and talking to successful people, and they always talk about you have to have a routine, wake up early. Well, that's what I've been starting to do is try to wake up around 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning to get my day started. Try to get up before the little one and my wife wake up, go to the gym, and that's the way my day starts rolling. Because I found that for me personally, if I don't kick my ass in the gear early on, I have my bad habits try to kick back in. Dude, 100%, man. I know we've all been there. You know, I've been an entrepreneur for eight years now, and that was one of the very first things that one of my mentors, my first mentors taught me. They're like, you have to have results rituals. Success habits and results rituals is what, what they called them. And so I know, I always tell people, Tim, like, I don't know if getting up early is necessarily the secret. It's just that when you do wake up, you have to have a routine and a process in place that sets you up or primes you for the day. I personally love getting up early. I wake up at like 4, 4.30 every day. That's what time my old ass body wakes up ready for the day. But uh, it's definitely a time for quietness and stillness that allows me to prepare. So I like hearing that, man. Has it been a struggle or is that like, uh, is it pretty easy for you to get up? Like, are you waking up like with vigor or are you still kind of getting used to it? I'm still getting used to it, but it's, it's a struggle for me because I have an eight month old little girl. So she wakes up ready to pounce on the day or just wakes up randomly it's like last night i think she i we went to, i tried to go to bed between 10 and 11 my wife and i started kept talking and she woke up three or four times between 11 and four o'clock this morning Ooh-wee. and i still got my happy ass up and was at the gym by five o'clock to work out for a bit Doing what you got to do, man, following the process and sticking to the plan that you laid out to accomplish the goals that you're trying to achieve. I know that you would agree. And I, I want to start off by asking you something, man. You, 
something that I think is pretty cool that I just saw that you were doing. Now, just the other day, you were like 34,000 feet in the air on a private jet with a bunch of ballers, man. You were flying uh, uh, on, the, on the Ryan Stuman mastermind in the air. So tell me a little bit about what was that like, man? Like, I mean, you know, what, what was it like to sit on a private jet, you know, in the company of people who are doing real big things? It's definitely a humbling and very unique experience because I've flown on jets before and I've even flown planes. I have my private pilot's license. That's awesome. But I've never flown in a private jet especially with the caliber of people that were on there. I was just aghast. I was a small fish. Everyone else that wasn't on Stuman's staff, I was the bottom. Everyone else was in the entrepreneur level for Apex. And here I am, entourage, three weeks, not even, not even three weeks in the entourage, and I'm on this freaking plane. I joined Apex... At Apex Live, the beginning of March, that Monday I signed up for the plane trip. And it, man, it's, it was only 6000 for to sign up for that flight. But the amount of insight and knowledge that I got out of that and the experience alone is well worth it. At first, it's, you think, oh, six grand. Yeah, it's a lot of money. But when you, you start really listening, stupid had a presentation last night and he charged the guy the company went up to see or to, for him to speak at he charged him forty two thousand dollars for that that's how much his time is worth his time is worth thousands of dollars and to get to spend an entire day with him and then go out to dinner afterwards not just him but other high high-end people i didn't like i didn't know anybody on that plane i've only heard of stuman from books podcasts his facebook post never met him before in my life and and to be on a plane with him and other dudes is like wow this is amazing like it's it's truly a humbling experience to say i know where i'm at right now i'm starting from scratch this is a complete restart for me and to be in the room with these individuals like one of the guys on the plane said when he was first starting out, he looked at people in a room and said, I'm going to be like, I am better than these people. Not because I'm smarter, but I know I have the confidence to stick with it. That's the kind of caliber of person I am. And listening to these individuals talk, I'm like, holy crap. I, the, the thoughts that I'm now having and my actions and behaviors, I can see it in them. Right. There was a guy, he was, he ended up being a billionaire. I found out later. But if you just talk with him normally, you think he was another dude who just dressed nice. And I was like, I can be that guy. Just how his mannerisms are. Mm. I've come so far in the past couple of months that I know that I can do that. It's going to be a struggle. I know it's going to be unique. But... I'm ready to take on these challenges to grow and get better. Dude, I love that. Now, there's so much I want to unpack. 
from that short thing that you just that you just said because there's so there's so many things Tim that you just covered that our average listener is going to hear and they're going to find empowerment and inspiration from it and this is what I mean okay first and foremost let me give some context to the people who may be watching or listening first off if you're supporting what Tim is doing chasing his dreams if you're supporting what I'm doing with the show do me a favor like leave us a comment let me know that you saw this video maybe be a friend tell a friend and share this with somebody who will be inspired but imagine Tim and to the listeners and the viewers really imagine that let's just say you play basketball okay and you're just starting off with playing basketball imagine the power and I'm about to date myself. I was going to imagine walking into the Chicago Bulls in a locker room, right? I'm, like, I'm a kid in the 90s. Whoever's good at basketball now, right? So let's say, like, let's say it's back in the 90s, right? And you want to be better at basketball and you're just starting out. What is the value of being able to walk into a championship caliber locker room and just be a fly on the wall? to watch how Michael Jordan moves, to watch the routines and the habits that Scottie Pippen has before his game, to learn how the elite of the elite operate at a championship level to continue to accomplish the goals that they set. And so I think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot that entrepreneurs can learn from what you just said about the power of getting in the right rooms with the right people. What I want to ask you real quick, Tim, is that and we're going to get into your life and kind of what, what, you know, how you got here and what you were doing before this. But my main thing is, is that if you talk to the past Marshall or the friends that I used to hang out with before I was an entrepreneur and they heard that I, that I spent, not invested, right? Cause that, back then everything was a cost. Okay. I didn't know what an investment was. If I told my friends, it cost me $6,000 just to ride on a jet with some famous dude, they would all laugh at me and think it's the most gigantic waste of money. Why is it a no-brainer, in your opinion, to, to invest that $6,000, and you just said it, to be in the right rooms with the right people? I don't know how many people listening to this or watching this right now have ever had an opportunity to have a conversation with a billionaire. But like you, Tim, the first time I ever talked to a billionaire, his name was Naveen Jain back in 2017, and he talked about things with such simplicity. I was like, this guy's the smartest guy I've ever met, so natural so regular dude it just happened to be a billionaire b with a big b billionaire mm -hmm. yeah and so tell me dude like how were you able to justify that to your wife or to yourself to spend that six thousand dollars i mean was there any pushback from sierra or like was it all in and what advice do you have for for men or women who want to go all in but they're wrestling with investing that kind of money so i've had it i'm gonna digress a little bit from that is I've had to change my mentality and my aspect. I used to think and treat money as like it, it was gonna, I was gonna lose it. I had money saved up for years, just sitting in an account, and I was micromanaging the like everything with comes to finances because I was so afraid of losing it. And I've I've started to learn that the more you actually are not afraid of losing your money and you can make it work for you, you don't have to worry about it. One of the key tips that was given in the plane was you never chase a dollar. You never chase money. What you chase is greatness and keeping the long term. Like if you chase greatness and you stick with it long enough, money will find you. Mm. That is I heard multiple times Guys, like, I can go find, I can get money. He's like, I know my quality. I know what I do, and I'm going to stick with it, and money will just follow. 
And I've had wow. it change my mentality from that. So for six grand, <clears throat> the compromise was I was going to do VIP tickets for a, at the MDM. And Sierra is a little bit iffy about that because our daughter doesn't really do a babysitter right now. We're trying to work with that. So I was like, instead of doing this and spending almost 11000 on VIP tickets and, and investing in ourselves that way, how about we – instead, I get FaceTime like, with these people because I, I want to say was, I think it's between 20 to 50 people. I don't know the exact number, but if you look at MDM, the front two rows are like the, the VIP rows. And those all those get backstage access in different different sections. I started to think about it. MDM is two days. You're spending that you get backstage access, but you may not get access to Stuman and some of these other people. I'm like this is a way for me to get my name out there. Yes. I'm a nobody. Quite literally, when you start out, you are nobody. No one knows you. No one knows who the frick I am. I know me. I'm just figuring out who I am and where I want to go. So me just figuring this out means these people, what do I have to offer them? Right now, be their biggest cheerleader and search. They gave another really golden nugget that blew me, the, that blew me away. They said, how many people in the world are takers? Most. Like if you really want to make an impact on someone successful, rich, or even any contact you want to get to know or for business relation, you send them a gift. You comment on their post. He said, I, I can post on the Facebook right now, and I might get a couple hundred likes, but I'll get less than 20. He said, on average, less than 20 people comment on my post. He's like, a like doesn't mean anything. You comment. You engage. And you engage long enough, you learn from that person long enough, now you can give meaningful insight and add value into their life and their business and their content. And you are constantly looking for ways to add value into them. And they don't want you to come and say, all right, what can I do to add value into you? I'll tell you to kick rocks. Because that doesn't mean shit. That's me giving you the answer. They want you to figure out what I need to be successful or to help me out. They said that gets someone highly successful attention just those few phrases on that plane or boom that was freaking gold and worth it just those nuggets now i wouldn't have gotten those nuggets if i didn't spend the money i wouldn't actually not spent invest the money into myself for a while i was hearing people say oh i've invested fifty hundred thousand dollars into myself i'm like what the hell does that even mean now i know you don't have to invest in the stock market because the stock market is great. You're going to get money back, but you have to invest on yourself. That's being put in the right rooms, making yourself look decent, making yourself feel better. Because if you internally feel like crap, the world's going to see it. It's, mm. it's an outward reflection. Bro. The, <clears throat> okay. So I know that you're brand new to all this. I know that you're like just like four weeks into the whole thing, but I, I hope that you can truly understand the gold nuggets that you're dropping right now in this podcast. I mean, the absolute gold nuggets. And to anybody who's listening, Tim, like this is what I've been preaching from the top of the roof since 2016, man. I've invested over $250,000 since 2016. That's like a quarter of a million dollars. Literally 
just to get access to people that I otherwise wouldn't have access to. Now, I want to share something for the listeners and the viewers that, that piggybacks on literally what Tim just said. In the beginning, and honestly, anybody can go listen to the Alex Ramosi and Andy Frisella podcast that just dropped a few days ago, which mm -hmm. may be one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. And in that, Alex literally is talking to Andy about literally verbatim what you were saying, which is going like all these people that are that are down below me, they always want to ask, well, how do you network up? How can I, how can I add value to people? Greg, how can I add value to Alex Ramosi? How can I get Ryan Stuman's attention? It's like, you're not going to. And asking how you can add value or asking how you can support them is putting the onus on them to do the work to figure out how you can support them when they don't even know what you do. We have to understand that people at high level are moving at such a capacity and such a speed that they don't have time to always stop and to acknowledge everything that's happening underneath of them. And what Tim just highlighted, literally, that like if there was a secret, that's the secret. Spend the money to get in the right rooms with the right people who have the right information. More than anything, it's the fact that every single big baller on that plane now knows who Tim is. They've seen his face. And wealthy and successful people have a way of looking at people, uh, of people who invest. And it's called proof of commitment. When somebody makes a proof of commitment to be on that plane, to be out of their league with a bunch of people who are ahead of them, right? When you make that proof of commitment that shows that you're an A-plus player and you're willing to show up and do the work and to learn, that's what gets A-plus players' attention. And the more that you can observe, like Tim's talking about right now, and you can figure out how, without having to ask them, you can add value to somebody, which, again, hello, Tim, just literally gave you the playbook, which is, in the very beginning, add value to their content. Every single creator and influencer wants to get more eyeballs on their content or they wouldn't make it. Social media is getting harder and harder each day to stand out. So for you as a consumer, for somebody that wants to network up, being able to engage with their content, share it to other platforms. Hell, dude, Tim, I'll, I'll, I'll let you and everybody else on it. If you do go to MVM, which I'm sure you'll be there too. Oh, yeah. Whenever I, whenever I go MVP and I'm in the back of the room, MVP, MVP, that's what it should be called, VIP, <laughs> and I'm in the back of the room and I get that access, one of the hacks that I've used my whole life is I'll create, and this was, this was before reels were a thing, but when the speaker is coming up, I'll like get out, like I'll, I'll film them coming up onto the stage and, the, and, I, and I'll pan to the whole audience, like clapping for them and stuff. And then I'll, uh, the opening intro they have, and then I'll edit that video, caption it, I'll do it all out and I'll send it to their team to use for content for themselves, right? And so then I'm the guy in the back of the room who's like, hey, yo, uh, Ryan, when you get a chance, I said, I made a piece of content. Who can I send this to on your team? And they're like, Oh, that's gangster. And then when it's a gangster piece of content, again, it's literally what Tim just said. I can't like, I know that you're brand new. Like you keep saying, dude, but you, you're dialed in already. Like I have zero, I have zero doubt that you're going to accomplish the things that you say you're going to accomplish. So what happens then? Like, tell us a little bit about this. Like you step on the plane. Okay. You don't know anybody yet. What's running through Tim's mind? Like, are you playing small? Are you doubting yourself for spending the money to be there at first? Or were you locked in and dialed in right from the beginning? <laughs> so in the past I've dealt with being fear of like of being judged and getting into the play, even getting into the FBO, the flight based operations. And I was concerned. Like I, I call it my little bitch. My little internal bitch was like, oh, you shouldn't be here. Right. Like, you, you don't have anything to, to say or to do. And I was like, shut the hell up. No, I can't. 
I am of this caliber. I'm working towards this. This is, you're right. I am not there yet, but I'm working towards this. Every day is 1% better to get to that goal, to work on the dreams, to put in the work. It's never sunshine and freaking rainbows. Amen. Sometimes you got to make, make the hard choices, do the things that nobody else does. Why? If you want to, Dave Ramsey once said, if you want to live like nobody else one, one day, you have to live like nobody else today. Some people hear and they're like, the, the hell does that mean? That means making the risk, making the big decisions and the commitments to get yourself out there. To do the things that nobody else does, that people think are freaking nuts. Being a, being a fire officer for a while and being in the fire department for 10 years, we're deemed insane people. Who wants to go into a burning building to see the worst of humanity? Not many. Not many. But others, they hear it. All right, go. And say, screw it. I got to do this. You have to be able to shut that little that little nagging bitch voice in the back of your head saying, I don't want to do this. This is scary. You're like, shut up. We have a job to do. We can cry about it later. Let's go. Bro, let's go, man. I want to get into that part of your life here in a second because the transition that you made is nothing short of miraculous. But before we get into that, I do want to just ask you, like, we've been talking here for about 25 minutes now. What is the goal? What is the vision that Tim is living into? Like, what is that vision of yourself that you want to become? And how do you see yourself making an impact, uh, you know, at scale? So I see myself in the next 10 years. Like, I got a, I got a stupid, ridiculous goal. Reading the book, Think and Grow Rich, listen to Dan Pena. You figure out this, your dumb goal. Like, it's dumb, like, dumb, scary. What, what, what kind of number, what would you think about that excites you but scares you the most i was like all right so actually behind me i have a little quote and it's like i make 32 dollars a second every second i drive a, a mclaren 720s red and black i own a mansion on a thousand acre private lake with an airstrip to me that is freaking nuts i took my biggest desires and dreams that my wife and i have and i broke it down to the minuscule that have there's room in there $32 a second. Doesn't sound like much. I basically took my previous wage and I doubled it. Because when I, was a, I started off as a fireman, I made $10 an hour. Most recently, being a promoted to a lieutenant a couple years ago, I, I was making about $16, $17 an hour. So $32 a second it equals $1 billion a year. I gave a time frame long enough for that. It's stupid crazy. But it's one of those in the back of my mind. I see it everywhere I go. I have it in three places throughout my house. And every eight hours on my phone, I get that notification. But that's how I'm seeing myself. I see myself as I want to end up being a billionaire. And I have to act like one. I have to think like one. Everything that I'm doing, is this, is this what a billionaire would do? Is this, are these the choices that are going to lead me to where I want to be? And I had to retrain and recreate my mind. Because, bro, you keep giving me chills this whole entire, like, top to bottom, homie. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely excited for you, dude, because I, I believe you. Like, I believe you. From the second that I met you guys at uh, Apex Live, you and your wife, and your beautiful little girl. Yes. What's her name? Julia. 
Julia, that's such a pretty name. When I met you three and I started like, you know, really connecting with you and watching your content online and the way that you were talking to me at Apex Live, the things you're doing, like, I believe you, bro. I want to ask you a question though, for somebody who might be listening, who is still doubtful. Like, and, and I know it's a question that you've thought about, so let's just expand on a little bit. Who are you to tell me or anybody in this world that you're gonna have a thousand acre land on a lake like who are you to tell us that like why do you why did you decide that and when you feel that voice in your head i know you say oh we got a job to do but like are there tools or there practices that you're doing to help overcome that because that's a really big hairy audacious goal to say out loud so tell me a little bit about that like when when you're feeling who am i to to say i'm going to accomplish this like how are you dealing with that I have to back it up and say, I don't care what anybody else thinks. The only one that I can, that I influence and impact truly is me. I control my own happiness. I control my destiny. Like, do I want to make people pissed off and step on toes? No. But at the end of the day, I control my destiny. If I, if someone wrongs me or gets me, tries to, I don't get mad about it. I'm like, okay, we'll see what, see why. I'll see, I look in to it differently instead yeah. of getting mad and this is a golden nugget that i do and it's funny so i used to get bad road rage and flick people off honk at them and i was mad now when someone cuts me off or does something stupid i just give them a thumbs down i had to give a thumbs down and i just look and shake my head at them because it's to me show you didn't do a good job you messed up but you're not going to ruin my day. It's I'm going to give you correction. I can't go and say, hey, in the car, you messed up. If you flick someone off or you tell someone to fuck off, well, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to put up the wall and say, fuck you too. Honey. If you say, hey, you didn't do a good job about this. You can do better. It comes across differently. Most people are like, oh, okay. But I have to tell myself that, that it's okay to mess up. You're going to fail. This path that you're embarking on, it's full of difficulties. You're going to fail. There's no doubt about it. But it's embracing the change, embracing the failure. I'm like, yeah, I have these hairy, audacious goals, but that's why I set them. I set them because, for me, if I don't put myself in a bit of a panic mode, I can't do things right. So, in an instance, I left my job. I put, I put my two weeks notice in. I am burning the ships. I have no retreat. There is no backup plan. If I wanted to scramble, I could. But that's not in the back of my head. My plan is I am going to do whatever I can to succeed. Because if I have that out and that false sense of security, I can fall back into that trap. And I've seen that. I've seen the old Tim, the depression, the one who prayed to God that he wouldn't live who almost killed himself when his wife was due any day like within a month that's i've said it enough times and talked about it enough for my wife that she had no idea what i was dealing with but to even say that out loud is like holy crap mm -hmm. like i was there it doesn't seem like me it's looking back now like wow i i it doesn't that's not who i am anymore if you want to talk about change and being on that fence and in that struggle i was there i have to every day 
fight and change. Before I knew Stuman's G-code, I had to put into effect, say, one thing I was happy for and thankful for every day. Had a reminder at 8 o'clock in the morning when I would typically wake up. So I would see that. I had to start retraining my brain to look for the happiness and the positives when I couldn't, when I personally couldn't see any. I couldn't see past the darkness that I saw in front of me. And when I started retraining my brain and looking at the positive, I started seeing more opportunities and more things around me. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I can do this. I had to end up going to therapy from the VA for the, for that and other issues. And they had a journal. They had, they had made me do this worksheet in a journal, and it was called Stuck Points. I had, I had to identify things that I was stuck on, like negative phrases. And one of them was, like, why me? And I rephrased it to, why not me? Let's go. Like, why not? <laughs> I've been given these opportunities. I've been given these struggles and put in these places for a reason. Why not me? But he said, when someone asked, who are you? I'm me. You are you. You want to be the badass version of yourself? Go freaking get it. You want experience? You had to go out and live. My brother doesn't really go out and do things. He wishes a lot. Like, but you got to go out there and make take a chance, make a mistake. You got to go pay six thousand dollars to get on a flight and be put in a very uncomfortable situation. You know you're the low man on the totem pole right now, but you have to do what's uncomfortable. It starts somewhere, and us as human beings, we don't like comfort. I mean, we 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 love comfort. We don't like being uncomfortable. Right. Everything that we do, we are trained to go to be comfortable. Being uncomfortable is how we grow, though. Like you okay. were saying, and, and it, this resonated with me when you posted a while back about testimony. The test is the problem you went through, and the testimony is you getting out of that problem. And I'm like, that's that right there is gold, too, because... You can't if you don't get tested. You don't try something. You never go into these new places. 100%. You don't grow. You don't know who you are. You don't figure out who you are because that was one of the questions that I had. Is I had to ask that: Who am I? Who do I see myself as? Do I see myself as a loser who's going to end up in a wheelchair or hurt multiple times or in something worse or dead? No. I see myself living my best life, having a thousand-acre lake, so that my kids. Will have nothing to worry about. I can have friends, the airship to fly my my family in, like all these things they build. Because yeah. my wife and I want to live out in the country. We want to be well off. Well, if we live out in the country and far, we need a way to get there. So an airship, a plane, to be able to fly people in. They have like our own wedding venue. Like it, it's it's tying into all of our hopes and dreams that we had when we first got married. Dude. Very few people actually fulfill what their promises to their spouse. Oh, Very few. Fact. Fact. I, on the other hand, don't. If I tell my wife or someone something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It may take me a while to get there, but eventually, I'm going to get to that point. And like before, I went through this change, and like before I left my job, I looked at Sierra and said, "The." 
phase we're about to go through is going to be painful. The next couple of years are going to be uncomfortable, highly painful, and unstable because we don't have insurance. Well, she doesn't. I have some for the VA. So I'm having to plan for all these issues if something arises. But I'm not letting that fear say and hold, uh, I'm, it's like I'm not going to hold me back because I have to pursue and to push to know that there is no escape that the old, lazy, depressed Tim is chasing me every day. I was at the gym this morning, and I was like, you got to keep going. You can't stop. You got to move further, or that fat fuck is going to catch you again. And I'm like, not anymore. That's not who I am anymore. That is not how I'm defined. I am defined by my purpose and the value that I add to others. And I'm constantly looking to add value into people's lives now instead of taking and if it means spending six grand on a flight, paying for someone's meal, letting somebody else in, opening a door, having a good conversation with someone random and to be encouraging. When you being in the depression and the and where I my the dark side, I've been I've able I'm able to identify more so when people are not in a good state. Right. I ran into an individual at the airport in Dallas. Tuesday. It was actually yesterday morning. This guy was in his early twenties, and his. I asked him how he was doing. He's like, eh. Like it's another day. I really don't want to be here. I started asking more questions, and I could just tell, man, this dude has not like his life. There's something going on. So I spent the ride from the airport or from the rental car drop off to the airport about 10 15 minutes just pouring into this dude wow. and at the end of it you could just see his behavior change wow. and he was like wow he's like you're doing what you're burning the ships you're doing these things he's like how are you doing them like man it's scary it's just taking that first step that leap of faith to go and try something new you never yeah. know where you're going to lead off to you never know who you're going to impact Wow. Your circle is close. If I wouldn't have done that, I would have impacted this gentleman's life. And I told Sierra, I'm pretty sure I, I, I may have changed this, this dude's course. If not, I added value into his life by what I said. There was no belittling. There was no berating. It was, hey, I can tell there's a struggle. Let me just pour into you. Here's my struggles. Here's what I've dealt with. And here's where I'm at. I'm like, I don't have answers for you. I don't have the, the massive bank account count of the checkbook to say I've made it no this is the beginning chapter of of this this is the beginning chapter of this book in my of my life I don't have the answer I see where I've been and I know where I want to end up well while the later chapters I don't have the middle ground and that's where I'm working at towards every day so that I can be around my family more I can impact other people you said my my master plan is I want to be able to grow and scale a business and then eventually step into coaching and to help mentor other people and help them grow because, man, it's dark and lonely. And being a first responder, I've seen suicides. I've seen people kill themselves, and I've seen the worst thing, the family's reactions immediately after. And some of those memories haunt. And to say, for me, I was there. I almost did that to my wife. My daughter almost didn't meet me. So I'm like, it's, if anyone wants help or wants to talk, 
I'm open for it. Yeah. I, I'm not one of those prudes. If you call me or you text me and say, hey, I want to blow my brains out or I'm needing really like major mental help, I will stop what I do and to help people in that case because I know the seriousness is of it. And people don't want to reach out. If you're able to reach out and like truly need it in that moment, that is a huge step. Most of us, as I say, we suffer in silence. Especially men. Man, I got, I'm going to stop you for a second. First off, if you're listening to this episode, if you're watching this episode, you made it this far, this dude is absolute gold. Do me a favor. Share this in your timeline. Share this in your story. Somebody you know needs to hear this, and you know it. Second thing I want to say, uh, and I seriously, dude, I'm like, I am, I'm grateful you're still here. I'm grateful you're still here. For, for me... You know, I attempted my life years ago, lost my very best friend to suicide a few years later after never admitting to him what I went through. He called me up. I didn't answer the call. And a month later, he took his life. And that's how my whole journey started. At, this whole journey started at 27. And so really, I truly mean that, man. Like, I'm grateful you're still here because I, I know what it's like to be there. I know what it's like to actually take that action, right? And so that's where my brand message your mess, is your message originally came from. And my big, hairy, audacious goal is I'm on a mission to save a billion lives who save a billion lives with the power of vulnerability and storytelling. And so I when I say that I resonate with your story so much, dude, like I, I, I just listening to you, I, I, I hear myself back in the day when I started, but even better, like you're so dialed in and the things that you're talking about, man, what let's let's uh, rewind back to that flipping people off in the car thing right like one of the one of the basic like the tenets the core tenets of apex or the g code is to rise above how can we rise above and you touched on something that is literally when the personal development journey it's the first place i tell everybody to start and it's to become the observer of your own thoughts if mm -hmm. if my brain is a nightclub or some you know some fancy club I've got it. My awareness has to act as the bouncer. And every time that, uh, that a character comes in that I don't want, I toss that mother out. And it didn't used to be like that. In, in uh, addiction recovery, when I, when I was getting sober a few years ago, the first thing that they taught me about recovery, addiction recovery, is you're not responsible for your, own, your first thought. <clears throat> you're not responsible for your first thought. I want to use today. Nope, I'm not responsible for that. Let me reframe it. And so what you're laying down here is literally like a masterclass on how to change your life. I don't know if people listening to this truly understand that. And it's funny because a billionaire, the one I was telling you about earlier, he told me in a conversation we were having in 2016, he said, make a business out of whatever problem you want to solve in the world. And I was like, well, I just want people to stop killing themselves. And so I realized that by sharing my story and becoming a speaker, I could empower other leaders to share their story and to forward my mission to help people stop killing themselves. So again, it's not about me. I just want to create context to the listeners and viewers to say, dude, what he is talking about is so fucking spot on. It's so fucking exactly right. Like this is how to do it. And so bro, I have zero doubt that like, you were the man that was made for this mission. Now, I do, I like to keep these episodes right to around 40 to 50 minutes because they say the average workout uh, or the average car drive is about 40 to 45 minutes. So I like to make them digestible. But I want to touch on one last thing before we do finish this, this interview up. And it's, it's something that I, you keep talking about that is really on my heart and mind more than, more than it's ever been before in my life. Now that I'm a father, now that I'm at a place in my life where I'm sober and I'm more settled down, I'm realizing the amount of men that suffer in silence. 
and the amount of men out there who want to change, but they don't know how to get started. They don't, they want help, but they don't know who to talk to, or they're not willing to open up and actually talk about it. And one of the things I'm, and I'm not going to name any names, obviously, but I have a good friend who I met not that long ago. He's been a fire captain. Um, captain? Is that above lieutenant? Yeah. Yes. Okay. He's been a captain for, I think, 17 years now. Like, he's been a firefighter for, like, 20-some years in, in Northern California. And he's just saying, dude, like, the schedules they're working right now are just, I mean, they're, they're impossible. I, I mean, literally, the hours that they're working – they have uh, mandatory hours, like they have no time off. They're never seeing their families. This dude is the leader of men. I mean, you want you see this dude, and he looks like a fucking gladiator. And this dude is telling me about how he's having thoughts about attempting his life. So speak into that a little bit, man. Like to anybody who may be watching this, you don't necessarily have to be a fire captain or a first responder. Maybe, hell, you're just a regular man and a father. But what can you say to any men out there right now and shit, any women too, but anybody who may be thinking that the life that they have right now is, is not worth living. If you have one message to send as we end this, what would it be to that person right now who's thinking these crazy thoughts, who's thinking there's no hope, who thinks that nothing's ever going to change. If you could say one thing to that man right now today, Tim, what would it be? Speak up because speaking up is the first step in the change is being able to admit, say, I have a problem, I need the help, and then to start evaluating how to change. For me, I was listening to podcasts. I heard Goggin speak about his past, and then I found this podcast called The Moonshots Podcast. Every week or twice a week, they, they go through these experts, and they, they divulge what they do. Ooh. They had a series on happiness. And it was through listening to those podcasts, being intentional, I started to pull myself out. I went through therapy. It took me months of therapy and not wanting to get out of it. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I just need meds. But I'm thankful that the VA system is crappy at some point. <laughs> and they were so terrible. It took like, – I was at a point where I was wanting meds, and it took months. And yeah. – and by the time I, I was forced to deal with me internally and in my brain that I was like, okay, I'm not going to – I have to do this. I had a breakthrough, and I was like, holy crap. It was when I realized, why not me? I have value. I have a list behind me on the wall, too, that has all the positive stuff that I have to tell myself. You were mm. talking about the, the – Bouncer. The, the, the thought, the bouncer. But for me, it's not the bouncer. It's a replacer. Ooh. So it's when it would say, I'm worthless. No, I'm worth more than gold. I, I have to. I took the most common thoughts and the negative that I would have, and I put them on a piece of paper for the positive. And I read that. I had to rearrange my office just a little bit, but I would sit there, and I would see it first thing. I sit down. I do it. I had to say, through these doors – it's where I work or I leave all this behind, but it's, if you're struggling for suicide, depression, anxiety, you're in those moments. The first thing is take a step, close your eyes, breathe in for about 10 seconds through your nose and then out for about five. Just constantly is doing that and say, I am worth it. I am worthy. I do have value. And at first you're going to look at yourself and say, bullshit. I don't have shit to offer. I did that. Honestly, 
but it was doing it long enough and looking for the positives that I started to believe it. Now, I truly believe that the places that I'm going to go, the rooms I'm getting into, it's going to have an impact on people. 100%. And if you, if you think your life is crappy and terrible, you're right. It might be. I don't know your situation. You could see the worst thing, but it's, it's all how you process it. It's all you say, I'm not going to let this hold me back. I use a car analogy. It's in a, in a car, 90% is our windshield, 10% is our rearview mirror. Our rearview mirror is designed to help us back up so we can go forward. It's to help us make sure that we're safe when trying to do certain things. That's what our past is for. Our past is not to dictate us going forward. So we have to be able to control what we think, control what we do. And it's the simple things that, that save a life. It's to say, all right, I, I have a problem. I need the help. And the people being on the receptive side, to say, not to judge, but to be like, I understand. I'm here for you. Let me here. Let me come over. Let me talk with you. It's being that intention. But I, I was struggling for months with suicide, and I, and one one option, one one situation was told to me was, it was, I'm like, are you doing okay mentally? No, no, I'm not. The reply was two, two officers, and they said, two fire officers. Oh, okay, that was it. They just said, oh, okay. And I walked out of there, and I that was a, the first time that year that I almost killed myself. Like I wanted to. The next time, a few months later, I actually put the gun to my head, and I was pulling the trigger. That's scary to say, but it's I real. was there. It's real. Yeah. If it would have been a, like a fraction of a hair more, I probably wouldn't be here today. I know that for a fact because when everything I do, I try to do excellence in it. I would have succeeded. Yeah, but if you're in that frame, you're looking to end it. It's not as bad. You can always make the change, no matter where you at, no matter who you are, your circumstances, your life. You can do it. You can become great. You can be whoever you and whatever you want to be. No matter your finances, your past, or what you think the future is, you can do it. You've got this. If I can do this, you can do it. Wow, dude. To all of our viewers and listeners, if I were to tell you at this point that this is literally Tim's very first ever podcast interview, I know that you would not believe it just like I don't, but the truth of it is, it is. It's his very first time. Um, Tim, you were born to be a speaker, homie. Like, uh, I, that's all I know. I mean, the things that you're saying, the wisdom that you're dropping, this is what I do for a living. I've stood on a ton of stages um, with some of the most famous speakers in the entire world since 2016. You, my friend have a gift. I have zero doubt about that. God has put you on this trajectory for a very, very specific reason. And I feel like you have got a massive calling on your life. Um, what an honor to have you today. I wasn't sure what we were going to get into uh, being your very first time. But um, like I said, if this if this one episode is any indication of where you're going, then I, I mean, like, I'm, I'm humbled and I'm honored to be the first guy to interview. Like, what are we talking about, man? Because your brand is about to blow up. Tim, this has been a pleasure, man. Is there uh, anything that you want to say well, like, right before we uh, end this live? We're grateful for. I'm grateful for opportunities and people. Specifically, I'm thankful for people who have never given up, who are currently there, who are batting in my corner. It's a breath of fresh air because now it's like, who am I? Okay, I am someone who could truly add value. 
and that it is a benefit and being humble about it. My wife is in, is tries to keep, is she keeps me in check and I'm like, heck yeah, I crushed it. She's like, remember, you're only a person. Yes. So it's like keeping the humble and being thankful for everybody. People are the biggest assets in the world. 100%. You can have everything. You can have all you want, monetary-wise or items, but it's people. It's the true connection that you get with other people is where it's at. Yeah. That's where you get fulfillment. Man. Helping people, talking to people is where my gas tank gets filled up, and I come happier. For a while, I really didn't do that. I was in the doom, gloom, and stormy phases. And now talking with people, being out there networking, right now I'm not making shit, but I know I will. And it's to come, but it's adding the value just to people. Yeah. I believe it, all, it will come back. What you sow, you will reap. And I know it'll, somehow I believe that, that what those guys were saying. You put the quality, you put your effort in and time, it'll come to you. Bro, this has been a tremendous honor. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you guys haven't gone and followed Tim yet, go follow him, say what's up, get to know him. Obviously, he'll speak some life into you, dude. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I appreciate your time, homie, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Marshall. Pleasure, Pleasure being here for you. Dude, are you fucking kidding me right now? Are you fucking kidding me? That was Tim's first podcast interview? Wow. Um, the only thing that I can think of right now is I got to get that dude on one of my stages this year in 2023, man. Like, I got to get him on one of my stages. I, I want to help him take whatever steps that he needs to take the next action. And Gillen Gang, I'm calling on you right now. Be a friend, tell a friend, share this episode somewhere with somebody, whether it's in your email letter, a text, um, in a group, on your timeline, in your story. It's not about me, but Tim's message needs to be heard, and let's help him put that message to great use and help God serve a bigger purpose through him. If you guys are tuning into this, thank you so much. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. If you know somebody who would be a great fit to tell their story on the Marshall Gillen Show, make sure you connect us. And if you want to know how you can turn your story and your expertise into a six or seven figure business like Tim is about to do and like I have done and my clients have done, visit toppaidspeaker.com and figure out all you need to do to make it a living. I love you guys and I'll see you on the next show.